We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo, to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Light years is so fucking crazy to me. It's so crazy. Light years is so fucking crazy to me. It's so crazy. Light years, Andy. We uh, well technical difficulties. Truly light years. Because because Andy's uh, incapable. You know, you, you would think. Big as Andy is a tech pro, he knows how to use technology. 30 minutes to try to figure out. I'm going to blame it on Zoom. Fuck Zoom. You know what? I'm going to blame it on these mics. I'm like LeBron. I'm just going to blame everybody else but myself. You have no help? No help. No Unreal. help from Zoom? Uh, actually, you know what? Ben's on with us right now. We did have help. The moment that producer Ben jumped on, we actually had it fixed within, I want to say, like 30 seconds. So uh, we had to Steph Curry. We had... We had the MVP, or is he the or is he the Chris Bosh? Where we don't we don't give him any credit, but bloggers are like this show doesn't work without Ben. Yeah, it's true that Chris Bosh is a good one. Maybe like a Draymond Green who's like underrated now by guys like you, just because he was so good back then, and now it's just like you know the first Dude, thing you want to do is flip not, his ass out. No, if, I'm you know? not. Let's you be know, clear. You would this. trade Draymond for Robert Covington, you know, if that came to fruition. You yeah, because Covington's better now. <laughs> oh my God. This I is not where we're going. To I start. don't know how many years we have left in Draymond. I, I think you're living in the past. 
<laughs> me and and friend and confidant Ricky G agree that uh you know Draymond's time has passed. Confidant. Uh we are not <laughs> we are I'm we, I'm just joking to the listeners, but um you know what? I love the light years listeners. We got a lot of good questions yeah, today, but we have to start with the most pressing news, which is will the NBA be playing games in Orlando? Will the NBA ever come back and play basketball again? Sam, did you see what Adam Silver said uh, on TV? Literally, like an hour, I want to say an hour ago, he got on TV. Did you hear what he said? I did, and that might be the most, um, I don't want to say aggressive, but most like assertive he's been in his entire tenure. That and the, um, I take it back, he was pretty assertive with... Uh, Sterling with, with Sterling and mm-hmm. yeah. And to be honest, he was assertive defending Daryl Morey, just no one cared. So it, right. it's kind of wild. Like he, he took like a passionate defending Morey free speech stance and just no one covered it. And yeah. it was the weirdest thing to me. Did I ch- feel ch- like that's, you know, I feel like you would, uh, you'd want to cover that, but nah, I mean, you know, when China says you got to do some, you got to do some, they're not the greatest freedom of, uh, of press uh freedom of speech country um but the 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 dialogue that i want to uh go into so quote by adam silver uh i should say that a lot of people have pointed to the financial component of this and damien i know is coming on he can speak to this uh the incremental difference between at this point playing and not playing isn't nearly as great as people think especially given the expenses of putting this on uh and then he goes on and on about some other bullshit uh but i want to stop there uh, what do you think about that? Because that is news to me that he's saying the expenses are are going to cover mostly the benefits of the monies that they're going to make. I don't know if that's true. I have heard some things that tell me uh, it is very expensive to put this on because while you think Disney being a partner of the NBA would give them everything for free, I don't. I'm I'm being led to believe that's not what's going on. So they're going to have to pay for the accommodations of every player and um, all this stuff. But ultimately, like those TV contracts are probably bigger than anything. So mm-hmm. I don't want to call BS on it, but partial. It's one of the, it's like a political statement is the way I read yeah. it. It's like, maybe, maybe they're not making all the money, but there's money to be made by putting yeah. this out. Yeah, Adam Silver is an ex, uh, is lawyer, as, as those who don't know. Shocking. Uh, he also says, and I also think in terms of social justice issues, it will be an opportunity for NBA players in the greater community to draw attention to these issues because the world's attention will be on the NBA in Orlando, Florida, if we are able to pull this off. So I tend to uh, think that – I tend to call bullshit on all of this. Uh, to me, it is – uh, in, a, in alignment with you, just Adam Silver being politically correct while while not saying like – Maybe what the NFL would do, just, just, you know what, everyone. Well, he doesn't have he play. doesn't have the power the NFL does. So, I I will give Silver this: the players' union in the NBA is far more powerful than the union in the NFL, and he has to. I don't want to say coax him into it, but he has to build consensus in a way that you know Roger Goodell does not. So, I get what he's doing in terms of bringing attention. You know, you could argue either way. I feel like yeah. there's do do people really want to hear you and me arguing whether we think it brings more attention or less if they play it? Like, I don't know. I yeah. kind of feel like people have their minds made up whether they think it's better or worse well, in terms of causes. Yeah. So 
that's just that's just I can see just, both points on it, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not going to tell people how to, you know, it, it's something people are passionate about. So that's not something I'm going to uh, say. Like, no, you're wrong. Apparently, it's something that Kyrie Irving and uh, Dwight Howard are passionate about. So that that's been the stance this week for those that haven't really been caught up with the uh, everyday minutia of what the players are saying to everyone. I think Kyrie and Dwight came out and kind of said, "Hey, like." Uh, well, let's focus on you know protesting systemic racism and everything that's going on in the world. Uh, let's not worry too much about basketball. Uh, and Woj just reported that hey, let you know Kyrie's kind of got a bunch of people behind him on on this. And so it's it's I don't know like black or white kind of thing. Like, do you think the season's going to happen? I do after think all it's of gonna, this. I do think it's going to happen. I don't think we should assume everyone's going to play. And so that's where hmm. we get into this, you know, if two players from each team decide they don't want to play, I'm picking like an arbitrary number. That would be like, you know, 15% of each roster. How are we going to value that long-term? But I wanted to get into something I think is a little more interesting, which I mean, is... That's not good. I mean, that's No, not it's not. I mean... Yeah, God, players not playing. That's that's a major red flag. I mean, you could still have... I mean, we have, we have players going in every direction. We had Ed Davis coming out saying, you know, it's easy for Kyrie to say that. He has X, Y, and Z max contract. For those of us who don't, this really matters financially. Mm-hmm. And it is worth saying, I, I think I saw it reported, players wouldn't get 35% of their salaries if they don't complete the season. Something mm-hmm. in that range. So you're talking about one-third of whatever is reported that players make that would be mm-hmm. withheld from them if they don't play. So maybe maybe it's not a big issue for Dwight or Kyrie, but for you know, kind of rank and file guys who are probably not going to make enough money to retire for the rest of their life, that that is kind of a bigger deal, right? Yeah, uh, just kind of quick, quick Google search. Ed Davis making seven million this year, so it's not like he's a one million minimum contract. Yeah, so guy, we're talking so. about him making only like four and a half to five instead of seven. Yeah. So, so you uh... know, people make different decisions. We also have Kendrick Perkins saying Kyrie is doing this because he was told he couldn't go into the bubble. He thinks it's not. He he's basically questioning Kyrie's intent, which I don't want to touch. Um, because I like classic perk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but beyond perk, Windhorse also came out today and kind of made some mention of there's a lot of questions about how the bubble works. And uh, I want to say Matt Barnes even said something to that effect. So we can't let this shit go. Like LeBron and, 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 and CP, Kyrie needs to quit bullshitting because what I heard was Kyrie wanted to go to Orlando to support his team. They didn't let him, so then he flipped the script talking about, I'm going to give up everything, bro. You can give up everything and go do the Meyer Moore shit if you really want to, but at the same time, sitting out without a a cause or a purpose defeats the purpose, and then it also divides us. You know what I mean? They all got to get on the same page, open up that communication, and understand the moment, and I know the people at the top of the the, the movement understand it, but everyone else has to buy it. I respect people don't want to play because if, if it's COVID and you're putting your family at risk, I get that, but if it's for the movement of the country right now, we have to take charge of this. It seems to me that everyone's looking for this to be like a one issue thing. And the reality is we have a pandemic. We have social protests and unrest going on. Um, Every player has a different feeling on their priorities. Like we've heard CJ McCollum say he's worried about the health risk 
I'm sure he's not the only one. I'm sure there's a lot of players like that. Um, I sure th- there's other players who are thinking about protesting is more important than just completing this pandemic playoff, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yep. And what you're really left with is like, you want it to be like a X or Y it's like play or not play, but really it's like, there's like eight different issues going on and everyone has different priorities on it and what they view as the most important. And that's tricky. Uh, it's tricky. To me, to me, it reeks of also the think about it this way, right? Like Kyrie's pretty much the same age as me. And then a couple of years, like some like Dwight's the same age as you. Right. Um, and a lot of the times, like a couple more defensive players a year than me. Yeah, he might be a little better. Kyrie's a little better handled than me. But between you and I, like if we didn't need to see our parents ever like, right. for the next year, we probably wouldn't care if we got. Co- well, I should say we wouldn't be as worried about Corona. Me and you, we still see our parents. They and all and live like city, neither of us right? have pre-existing conditions. That's a, that's another factor. So there's yeah. NBA players with pre-existing conditions. Like it can be the most we might not know thing. Right. yeah exactly we, someone's so, diabetic doesn't matter right you know so i think i think when i say that it feels like to me that uh, with some of these players it's they don't think of corona as a thing they probably think of corona as like oh we're gonna be in that bubble and we're just gonna be able to do whatever we want which if you read the guidelines which maybe they didn't it is not you go to orlando sam and you get to do whatever you want. It is not that. It is they are no. In the a real the more the more I dig into it, the more I'm like, look, man. I think I could do it for <laughs> for like millions of dollars, but it's it's really tough. Like yeah. they they have to stay in a hotel room they're assigned to for minimum seven weeks because there's like a three four week camp. Like I'm talking for your first round elimination. Like you're you're John Morant. You know you're on the Grizzlies. If you make the playoffs, you're probably going to get bounced by the Lakers in five. You're still there seven, seven yeah. weeks. Yeah, two months. Um, you can't even go out for a meal. Yeah. Um. Yep. Forget partying. You can't yep. go. You, you just you just can't like you you can't have your friend like I, if I was in the yep. bubble I can't be like Andy just come meet me for like dinner one night yep. that, that stuff can't happen and and so I think a lot of this is like grappling with that too so and, and you really like look at Ezekiel Elliott who got uh, leaked today that he had Corona like these guys are throwing parties and hanging out at each other and working out during this quarantine they're they're not quarantining let's just be honest these players aren't quarantining they're most likely hanging out with their friends. Uh, if they don't have families, I'm sure Steph is quarantining, but like they look at this bubble and it's, it is a whole different ball game, man. And so I, I think that a lot of them probably just thought it was just this, they could just live the same lifestyle. And it's not because now it's not about, Hey, if you get Corona, if Katie gets Corona and, and, and the season is suspended, doesn't matter, right? Like he'll recover. But if you get, if LeBron gets Corona, when this, this janky postseason thing is going on, the season might end. Like right. they can't screw this up. So and that, I still think we're of- we're not talking about the, you know, there's certain, you know, there are probably players who think it's just wrong to play right now. So, I mean, there's a, there's a confluence of factors and, you know, it's, it's tricky. I think there, it's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to feel about it when it happens. Like 
superficially, you, me, the light years listeners, most people are just going to be happy to watch something, but we might not take it all that seriously. We might view it as like a fancy summer league. Wow. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. Just because, you know, especially if you don't have players that are playing, especially key players. I mean, even Dwight Howard's a, he's a, Dwight's a key player, player for the, yeah. he's an excellent for yeah. them. I mean, Avery Bradley's apparently not going to play, yep. um, but you never know. I mean, people say these right. things and they change their LeBron's mind. LeBron's going to get them. <laughs> there's a lot of moving parts. I and mean, we saw Patrick Beverly yesterday tweet out something, which is kind of a passive aggressive shot at LeBron, by the way, shout out passive aggressive at the passive aggressive kink. But uh, <laughs> it's the only know. way you can only way you can get to them. Um, so it, it but I, I will say this, though, it is gotten a lot more. Um, I, I find it it is entertaining or like it is interesting to see what's going on behind the scenes, because I think a lot of the times people do think that a lot of these players are aligned from LeBron James to Ed Davis. And most of the times they're not right. Just because no, it's no different than like, I mean, yep. Everyone loves to compare pro athletes to like your regular nine to five job. And a lot of those comparisons are kind of silly, you know, but it is true. You're dealing with different players with different financial expectations, different lifestyles, different goals, quite frankly, different statures, you know, like what was it? Was it Anthony Davis says I'm the CEO of my own corporation? Well, you can do that. You're one of the five to 10 best players in the league and you're in a different financial stratosphere than, um, I don't know, Damian Lee, for example, Damian Lee, who Ooh. just made an NBA roster on a full contract for the first time. And he's hoping to have at least five years of probably full NBA roster. And he's going to make good money and, you know, it's going to be great for him, but you know, He's not. He's probably not retiring with that like multi generational wealth that someone like Anthony Davis or Steph Curry is. Yeah. So yep. his incentives are different. What, well, what do you think about this? Because um, the 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 league got on a call. I think a couple of weeks ago they talked about like Steph, like ten guys, right? Harden was included, uh, AD, and they got on the call, and those guys basically unanimously said, "Hey, we're playing the season." Kyrie wasn't in it. Kyrie's the head of the 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 VP of the um, players' union, and. Now, I'm not saying that Kyrie's doing it as part of a spike thing, but I'm saying like it's funny it to make those, that it, joke. <laughs> it is funny. I don't know, but I don't know. But I'm saying like, isn't it interesting that like with the NBA, Silver likes to take into account everyone's opinion, right? All the way right. from LeBron James. He's to, a consensus. To, he's a consensus builder. Kind of backfiring, though. Kind of backfiring, isn't it? You know, no one loves to be more critical of Adam Silver than me. But I'm willing to see how this plays out before I make judgment because, like like we said, we're watching what's going on with baseball. We're watching what's going on with the NBA. We're we're both – we're wildly aware. They're not the NFL. They're not, you know, Roger Goodell, Iron Fist, that sort of thing. So you can't rule – like not every company – I mean, you've worked for multiple companies. The culture of the company and if the NBA is a company – the culture of the NBA is wildly different than the culture of the NFL. Right. And so you can't rule with the same type of leadership. Um, somebody asked to uh, the sport prophet. He did ask about the hypocrisy of the player empowerment era and how it's actually about the 1% of the NBA, not the 99%. So we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but I think that is, it is a fair assessment for people that want to understand like these guys, 
when we talk about the freedom for them to do what they want and that it's really cool that the play, these players have their own their own life in their hands, that only applies to the greatest. And like you said, if Damian Lee gets told he has to play basketball, he's playing basketball. Kyrie Irving is kind of in that middle stage. He kind of gets to decide what he wants to do here. But he's but got again, a signature it, Nike deal. He has a max deal. He had a previous max deal. He can make a decision to walk away with 150 in the bank right now and decide he doesn't need 300 mil in the bank. You know, he's already reached generational wealth, is my point. So, no, um, not to question him, not to do anything like that, but you know, he he's in a position where he can make financial decisions that a journeyman player they have more to lose when they do that. What's up, guys? Tommy, Tommy, What's are you up, are Tommy? you a Tommy, you're not a uh, you're not a role player. You're you're a star. Uh, sure, yeah, I'll take that. I'll I'll be a star. You're Kyrie. Star. You play like Kyrie. You're, uh, you're, you're... No, I actually I actually played like Steph. Oh. That's why that's why I love his game. That's why I love his game, man. Come on now. What type of hat you got on? Is that Broncos hat? Uh, no, it's a uh, well, actually, it's a college in Denver. So, uh, Metro State University D two. I coached uh, there for uh, nice. a year. So nice. Yeah, no man. Asians though. No, uh, no, no, not a lot. Out yeah, there, no. nah, not not in Colorado. It's, it's every, every dude, who can't, vibe, bro. every dude who can't break anyone off the dribble thinks they're staff. I know <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's literally what it is. I just got to pull up before they start guarding me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We had some requests to bring you on because we're, oh, we're, getting into the, we're getting into the mailbag segment of this episode. Okay. And the first question, I may have got a little Twitter heat for this one. Sure. But you asked the question, why do you hate Clay and want to trade him? So let's let's just let's just back this up. Um, I'm going on mute. This is for you guys. No, no, no. You're you're joining the conversation. But I wanna I wanna preface it right now because you know, we got we got we got we gotta make it a correct show. Um Mm -hmm. everyone's dreaming of Giannis to the Warriors. Uh, we have reason to believe Giannis would potentially entertain coming to the Warriors or the Warriors are at least on the short list of teams who can get him. But we also are aware that the Warriors can't get under the cap. So we're not going to get another KD situation where it's just like clear the cap space. He's coming in. Yep, you know? exactly. Yeah. So totally. it becomes a trade thing. And I've gotten really irritated by these like, oh, we just give him Wiggins and a couple picks. Like that's going <laughs> to... That's going to get it. it done. Milwaukee's never doing that. Unless yeah. the, the only way they would ever even consider that is if it becomes an AD situation where he's like, no, I'm leaving no matter what. I'm not playing games. And then they'd have to recoup the, the value on that. But he's not going to do that. Giannis isn't built like that. He, he's going to try to like, he's going to go out swinging. If he does leave Milwaukee, he's going to go out swinging for sure. So to bring it to clay, I kind of floated Warrior fans. If if you want Giannis, you kind of have to get comfortable with the idea. The only trade package that's going to get it done involves Clay in picks. Uh, Draymond at this point, most of the league doesn't value him outside of Golden State. He, he might have no less favor. value than Wiggins. Yeah, he he did himself no favors last year. Or actually, no, I take it back. He did himself all favors for himself because he mm-hmm. he made sure no one's coming in here with a grandfather offer for Graham Draymond. Yeah, exactly. That guy's always that guy's always a step ahead. Yeah, a hundred percent. When he signed the deal in the summer, I was like, did he really just do that before he might get even like more money next summer? But now <laughs> looking thought, at yeah. it, now looking at it, it's like, dude, thank God he took that deal from his sake because he might have gotten like four years fifty million. 
Like, I think he, I think if he hit free agency this summer, he'd get like four twenty. Mid level. Yeah. <laughs> it would be terrible. It would have been awful for him. So yeah, shoot, clutch man, Rich Paul, always pulling nice. the strings. So let's let's put this question up. Mm-hmm. Giannis for Clay and multiple picks. You do it every time. I'm sorry. Like I love Clay. Uh, he's one of my five favorite players uh, ever. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna. Uh, object on this one no no i i was trolling i was i was just <laughs> i knew <laughs> i knew people were gonna react to that um no you do it every time i i love clay he's one of my favorite basketball players ever literally um i've gotten so much joy watching that guy play for the last seven eight years whatever it's been but Giannis is 25 26 and he's gonna be at worst the fifth best player in the league for the next eight years that's an absolute worst case scenario. So you do that every time. And Clay's top twenty-ish when he's right, when he's fully healthy. But go top ten to fifteen. Yeah, sure, sure. Even that, but still, it's not the difference in in right. stars in that tier and like that last tier between star and then super superstar. Right, it's humongous. It's it's a guy who can lead you to to a title versus a guy who can't. I like so. to put it this way: Would you rather have Paul George, Jimmy Butler, or Kawhi Leonard? Mm-hmm. There's this exactly what it is. They're all great players, mm-hmm. but there is a difference between the first two I listed and the last one I listed. The they last do, one, you know, can be the best player in a title team. Mm-hmm. The the first two can do ninety percent of what he does, ninety yeah. percent. But they that last ten percent, that's the differentiator. That's what makes all the difference in the world between winning a title and losing in the second round. The first two can be key players on a title team. Mm-hmm. The last. The last guy can be the player on a title yep. team, which is and different. We, we literally saw that last year in Toronto, and they made some other ancillary moves that made the difference. Right. Um, you know, like they added Gasol, which was huge. Um, but they Siakam got better. Yes, yeah, Siakam got, got a ton better, obviously, but they never had a chance to win a title. If DeMar's still on that team, they don't win the title last year. Not a chance in hell. Um, you know, if it's or, DeMar's or we'll see it, or we'll see it this playoffs. They're an awesome team. I, and Siakam's continued to get better. Like he at the beginning of the year, I thought he was he had vaulted into the top 10 player conversation. I'm not sure if he's quite there. I mean, he destroyed Draymond in, in the NBA finals, which he, is kind of all I mean, we needed to see. Yeah, he absolutely worked him. But kind I mean, because Draymond's not a, at this point, he's not a one-on-one defender anymore. Like, he's not going to be a guy who shuts down somebody one-on-one necessarily. Fucking Sam brings Tommy on and on immediate Draymond. <laughs> I actually, this, this is every actually, podcast, man. I actually this disagree is, with Tommy there. I think really? Draymond is oh, a look good at him, one-on-one look at defender. Okay. I do facing. not think Draymond is a five like what we saw in like 2016, or it was like, I'm not sure who he's guarding. I think he's guarding all guarding of them. everybody. Yeah. 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 Like sure. that, yeah. Like now he's more like, I mean, it's corny, but you're like, okay, like Iguodala, mm-hmm. where it's just like, give him a specific assignment and he will dominate that assignment. I but just don't that. expect him to, I don't know, be in five places at once, which is yeah. what he was doing for a period of time. Literally for like two or three years. But I think maybe. Maybe the defensive personnel in that finals last year kind of like he was yeah, to, I mean, like I mean they fell to be a stopgap for everything because that t- you're playing fucking Alfonso McKinney twenty minutes a game like Jesus man it's never well, I mean that's that was my um sorry to cut you off Andy I was gonna say that was my big take from the finals in the non KD games was um the core can still win yes but when you strip everything away from it and kind of have they've been wearing down, like it's not, you can't just put McKinney, Quinn Cook, and 
so, so it's a question of finding the right pieces to put around them. Going exactly. Forward. You can't just say Steph and Draymond, like lift the entire ship. They need a little bit more around them. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think Draymond can still probably get in AD's head for an entire series and like be physical enough with him to where he throws him off. Um, but yeah, I, I do get what you're saying. He's definitely not. He's, I mean, he'll, he's never going to be that guy that he was in 2016 again. That's just reality. Like he was um, unbelievable for a couple of years. But an yeah. unofficial vote from my friends. Uh, I think you are going to find more people than you think that that don't want to trade Clay for uh, Giannis. Now, I, I think it. that it, it's not. You know, maybe it happens this offseason. Maybe two percent chance. Maybe one percent chance. So you're mm-hmm. gonna see. Steph Clay and Draymond for one more season. And I do think that's what people want to see. I, I mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be a part of it where people are going to say it's easier. It's easier to come to grips with breaking it up when you've seen it. Not you got it right now. It's a, right now. It's an unknown right now, but it might think, work. Yeah, but it might. I, that's, and that's the thing. It might, it might. Yeah. And, and that the thing, the thing where it might work is, and actually Tommy asked this in the discord, uh, by the way, subscribe to Lightyear's Premium. All the proceeds going to this question. Proceeds are going to all organizations that Blue Wire is donating to this month. Um, but yes. Oh, sorry, Sam. You're going to ask it, but uh, I saw it here. It just like popped up. But uh, Tommy asked this one: Which of these two f- potential future warriors would Steph end up back screening more for? Gasol, Marcus Saul, or Serge Ibaka? I thought it was a great question because I personally think that Marcus Saul is the best fit. I think we all. Are- are these? I think Sam is by far the best fit. Sam, don't you think? Sam, don't I, I you think do. Ibaka? So let, let's go with the preface. These are my yeah. not, my top two free agent wants, Easy. like realistic wants. You know, for sure. Like I want them to, you know, sign Giannis, but either, that's not happening. Either so, guy would be awesome. It would be a great fit. Yeah. So this comes down to who do you think complements the core better? And um, my reason for Ibaka is he's more athletic. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Draymond's issues in the finals were related to not having a weak side shot blocker. Looney's an excellent positional defender, does his job. That's not what he does. KD, when he's engaged defensively, I mean, he's the same size as AD. When he's engaged defensively, he's bringing over length. He's weak side shot blocking. He's kind of the rim protector. In many ways, like Draymond's more the positional defender and KD Mm -hmm. was the, the weak side shot blocker. So we know that works. Um, I also think Ibaka is younger, and is uh, well, I don't. I don't. Well, I guess think <laughs> think might actually be the right word. <laughs> um, but th- he's he's in he's uh, he's in the same age range as Steph and Draymond. So there's that. I get what you're he's, saying. Yeah. He's obviously not the passer. Like Gasol's passing is. I mean, Steve Kerr's just gonna. I mean, he's going to, he's going to cream himself. Um, exactly. My issue with, with Ibaka would be Kerr would still like try to make him into a passer and that's not going to go well. He is not a very good passer. Um, he can do a lot of things that are useful, but that's not one of them. Kurt turned Marquise Chris into a passer. I, I think he's. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I think that's he's fair. gonna do it. I think that's he's fair. gonna do it. That's fair. He might be if able Kerr to. Has, if Kerr has one gift, it's finding ability to turn players into passers. Like sure. he certainly doesn't make guys shooters, which is ironic no. because yeah. he was a shooter. Any sense. Yeah. But like, I mean, I was watching Wiggins make plays. I didn't know he was capable of with the Warriors. And that's just kind of a curism. Like I'd rather actually bring in guys who have physical or shooting skills. And then mm-hmm. Kerr can develop their IQ to at least make re- simple reads in a system. Yeah. Then the opposite. Yeah, and so. and Abaka is a more willing shooter for sure. Like Gasol, Gasol is one of those guys and like, a better he, finisher. 
Yeah, and Gasol can shoot it, but like half the time he's like pump faking when there's nobody within 12 feet of him. Like, do we really need another guy who's doing that? He's, so, he's I, mean, I do understand the reasoning. He's Bogut who's willing to take threes, where yeah, he's yeah, like, he's so That's much, <laughs> he'd rather get 10 assists than score 20 points. Oh, hey. he'd rather not shoot if he didn't have to. Look, he doesn't look, want, he doesn't want look, to shoot the ball. The guy. And, and to me, he's a much smarter player than Ibaka. My take is... If, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. he's just a, such a better playmaker. Just, There's no I way just, around that. I just love him. If you get Marcus All on the mid-level and you trade... You use the trade exception and or the pick and you get a wing... Let's say it's even Marcus Smart, who's not really a wing. But you get yeah. someone like that who's a good player. I think that team is immediately a contender. I think if you were to make... You're in the pick, top tier I'm, contenders now, yeah. I'd be cool mm-hmm. picking him to win the championship. I think very totally. staunchly in that role. Because I think that what well, you're going to have to close to Marcus All. You can run the offense through him. You have him as a rim guy along with Draymond. You can get rebounds Former defensive now. player of the year. Former defensive player of the year. We saw Draymond get destroyed on the boards because he was the only fucking yeah. guy. Looney had no chest. Yeah. Um, I do think both guys help on that. Although true. Gasol probably more so because he's just bigger. He's just like, a big yeah. motherfucker. he just, he just huge. He's humongous. He's a, he's a massive guy. Yeah. Um, although, although he lost weight, although he lost weight. But, you see that he got his so I, on. I do agree that would, that would make them a contender again. But if the, if the rest of the roster fills out, right, it comes down to Steph at that point. It, it's, of course. Is, I mean, it always Steph, does. Is Steph still, you know, top three, top four when he's right. Um, and if he is, then yeah. Absolutely. You're probably at the very worst, the the third best team in the league um, behind. You're in the mix. Well, like, um, oh, yeah. You have a chance. You have a chance. And that's did all you, you can have ask a Steph for. take. Didn't, weren't people pissed at you for a Steph take? Who, me? That, probably. Yeah. We'll go, probably. We'll go to that. We'll go to that in a second. But what I was yeah. going to say is, I mean, end of the day, I, I would take either of them. And mm. the oh, reason oh. we've been focused on Gasol is I kind of think Toronto is going to prioritize Ibaka. It just makes really? sense. Um, Gasol is 35. Like yeah. the the yeah. biggest criticism of Gasol is he's thirty five, and that's a he didn't real play criti- much this year. He didn't it's play a real much criticism. Year. Like if the Warriors get him and he plays forty five games next year and is kind of bogut banged up, like we know what their ceiling is. But I mean, it's it's just one of those. Can you depend on him? I'd rather have the other guy. Uh, with yeah. all that said, though, let's get to your stuff take. <laughs> I don't know. Is this even my take? I mean, I, I don't even know. I, okay, so I've, I've become, I've become like, I guess, the resident Steph hater on Warriors Twitter. I don't know how that happened. He's it's not even I, a possible thing if you found a fucking way, so kudos yeah, to you. I, I Look, the reason I'm a Warriors fan is because of Steph. I always had an affinity for the Warriors growing up, but I think I told you guys I didn't have a team growing up, really. I was just kind of a vagabond. I was a Lakers hater. I became a Warriors fan because I was a Steph fan when he, he was at Davidson. Um, I always liked Nelly Ball and, and all that stuff, just kind of being a basketball junkie. So I had an appreciation for kind of the the Warriors underdog thing. And just obviously we believe was incredible. I remember watching those games. Like I think everybody does. That was like a benchmark moment in NBA history. Um, but but yeah, I mean, so I guess the question is, would I trade Steph for Giannis? Is that, I mean, is that the question we're asking right now? <laughs> no, we're not really, we're not putting that on there. No, okay. we, we're, yeah. we're, we're yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't. Would, yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. So no, I don't, why why I ask it? Because I've seen you talk about Steph's handle. I've seen you talk sure. a little we're bit about the handle the, the decline. The yeah, so I take. think that that's where we're going. It's a little okay. bit of some of the decline that I think Warriors fans are they don't want to think about. I personally don't want to think about it just because For I sure. I just I don't. He turns he just turned 32, right? Yeah. Yeah, 33 next March. He'll yep. be 33 next March, and he's not a big guy. 
that doesn't, in terms of aging, at least in terms of his, his isolation creation, it doesn't bode well. Now, I think he's still going to be a great scorer because he's, he's changed the way he scores over the last couple of years. Like last right. year, most of his – more – I think I've looked it up before. I want to say close to 60% of his threes became catch and shoot, where it used to be flipped. It was 60-40 the other way, off the dribble versus um, off the catch. So it's, it's kind of flipped on its head, and some of that was playing more of a, a – not a secondary mm-hmm. role, but a role to let KD handle the ball more. But um, I think it's also just he's not as like easily able to create off the dribble. So he gets rid of it. He gets off of it. And then he tries to get an open shot cutting off the ball. Um, point being, I think he can. I mean, he's still going to average 25 plus a game. He's one of the greatest scorers in NBA history. Um, but that being said, that isolation part, like you just need that elite, elite shot creator to win at the highest level. It's very rare that a team that has that doesn't have one of those guys wins the title. It's like the 04 Pistons. Um, sure. Um, I guess that's the 14 Spurs, but it can be done. I'm not saying it can't be done. The road's just going to be a little bit tougher than peak Steph Curry. When there's eight seconds on the shot clock, you just throw it to him, say, get out of the way. And he's going to, he's going to like my, wrap somebody off the dribble and hit a shot. Like, let me give you my counter. I actually yeah. think he's highly capable of still doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm more worried about the physical load that that takes on him mm-hmm. from this age on. Um, and his ability to stay healthy. If you look back at it, he played 75 plus games from 2012. So basically post the ankle issues to about a year and a half ago, two years ago, he was relatively healthy, you know, a sprain here that nothing, nothing special other than the 16 playoffs, which, you know, have an asterisk. Uh, But now I'm kind of worried that like, if you're asking him to carry the load, you asked him to carry news 28, you're going to have a different injury every 10 games. Soft tissue injury, something like that. He's going to do Yeah, so it's like my, my it, issue yeah. is not his ability to create off the dribble because I've, I've watched him enough when KD mm-hmm. wasn't in there, when just... Draymond's not in there. Um, it takes him like a game and a half to like get that rhythm back with the ball. Sure. The numbers are also and, – and The numbers support. The I numbers just, support think, I just think like you're asking – has anyone asked a guard of his size to average 30 a game no. in their mid thirties and contend? No, like Iverson but, did it, but he was on a 500 team, you know, yeah, but exactly. I, I think, I think there's a bit of, I, I look at Chris Paul. I mean, Steve Nash is one we talked about last podcast, but I look at right. Chris Paul too. Not that the thunder are championship contenders, but again, the Warriors have better players. You would think with clay Wiggins, Wiggs, uh, Draymond Wiggs. Gasol, uh, those guys. <laughs> yeah, shout out Wig. So you would think he has better players around him. So you don't want that team to be a seven six seed, but you would think that he can get to that same Chris Paul level. Chris, Chris Paul's actually a great example because what did Chris Paul average this year? Uh, like eighteen or nineteen a game, I want to say. But he had yeah. Shea to help him carry the load. Eighteen know? and seven. Yeah, that's going to be played, Anthony Edwards. But please played awesome. Yeah. But part of the reason he played awesome was because he could pick his spots. So yep. what the Warriors really want to do, if Steph's going to be the alpha omega of a team, like we're not bringing in a Giannis or like a KD or something, someone who's like of that stature where like Steph's mm-hmm. the, the guy. Yep. You need him to resemble the 14, 15 Warriors where yeah. Steph really only averaged 24 a game. He coasted through a lot of games because he could. Yeah, they because they were getting, because they were getting like 10 points a game from like seven players. And yep. then, I mean, he was always the man who the ball went to when it mattered. Mm-hmm. but it it wasn't in his hands from the beginning of the game the whole way through. Like, they weren't, like, asking him, like, we need you to literally dictate every possession because we have no ability to score without you. 
Totally. And that's what they needed him to do last year in the finals. And the guys, the guys around him by the end of that series were so bad. He wasn't going to be able to do it no matter, no matter, I mean, maybe even any version of him, but um, no, I mean, I think part of it is there, there has been like a little bit of decline of quickness. So I think what that's actually done more so than anything else is made spacing more of a priority. He's right. not able to work through those small, like those small windows as much as he could have. He still can from time to time, but he can't do it as consistently. So I think that's part of the reason why, it is super important to get a big man who can shoot next year because uh, it'll yeah. just provide that extra. Because it's not going to be Draymond. Oh, Jesus, no, not a chance in hell. <laughs> well, people talk about well, people talk about a lot of the times like his weaknesses on on defense and how they have a team to cover up on defense. What that yep. does is when you cover up with defensive players that don't play great offense, yeah, he has to overcompensate. Like LeBron, they don't play they, they don't play defense, especially on those Cavs team, but they yeah. have a team that can help them score thirty because they have five shooters, four shooters, sure. and LeBron. Does he need this? Yeah. Go ahead. Let's end with this one. Would you rather surround staff with a bunch of defenders where you know you're living with the fact that like he's going to tire out because he's going to take 25, 30 shots a game, whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather compromise some of that defense or some offense where you know it means he can pace himself, but now he's got legs in the fourth. But, but it's Steph and Clay no matter what, correct? In, in either scenario. I'm not yeah, – I'm, I'm right. discluding right. adding any sort of, like, top caliber player. Okay. okay. So, um, I, I've i gotten to the point, and I've, I've flip-flopped on this, but I've gotten to the point where I think defense is more important. And just in terms right. of if, if you have that one guy, especially if it's a guy like Steph who's more of a perimeter creator, I'd rather surround him with defense. Because if you surround them with a top three defense, your floor is so high. Your floor is so incredibly high. You're basically guaranteeing yourselves, at worst, a second round appearance, a second round uh, playoff appearance, probably conference finals. And I mean, look at at the 0-1-6. That's an easy example to use, but it was basically just AI, go score. That team was – One of those games was – Yeah, and Goons. One of those games was on. It was game one. It was on like a couple of days ago. That team was so bad offensively. But AI was good enough to – to lift them to the finals. Um, you'd obviously want And they were good enough run. defensively where they're like, all right, we're holding you to 80. Yep. So yep. We'll exactly. just figure a way to score 81. Exactly. And I mean, part of the reason the Warriors have been so successful is obviously defense, but those early teams, especially, they were so good with their hands. They were so good creating chaos and turnovers that you got Steph and Clay in a transition constantly. And that's where they get open looks. They start to get hot. Now it goes from a two point lead to a 17 point lead in a minute and a half. You know, that's what they were so good at. So I'd, I would, in a perfect world, I'd want to try to recreate that. I just don't know if there's I don't an think avenue to being that, that good defensively. And I think they can probably get the top 10 with the right moves, which is good enough. You can get you can yeah. win a title like that. But yes. I, they're never going to be, you know, peak Draymond, peak Iguodala, peak Bogut, peak whoever else, peak Clay defensively. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just not realistic to, to mm-hmm. get there. Yeah, but obviously, that I think that is the best way, especially if you have Stephen Clyde, sure. two greatest shooters of all time. But yeah, uh, the defense around them. But they are, I think they're kind of, they have no choice. They got to thread the needle. They got to try to do both. They'll, yeah, they'll I think try. they're still going to be a top three offense next year for what it's worth. As long as they get uh, so like a modicum of shooting around those guys, just a little bit more, I think they're going to be a top three offense. They'll get so, on Linux. They'll go yeah. to Linux. Uh, sure. And uh, they'll be fine. Tom A. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. Oh, thanks appreciate for having you, me on. buddy. Always fun. Stuff. Always, we'll fun. Always fun. Let's do it. Especially when we have games in 2022. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> all right, bro. Um, all right, let me let me do this quick read. Uh, Bet online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive exclusive partners. BetOnline.ag. Uh, sports are slowly making their way back. BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all of UFC, NASCAR. 
boxing and soccer matches uh the discord channel they've been telling me to watch soccer sam so maybe i'll get on that i've been watching some soccer i like soccer turkish league or something good german league german german league so german league soccer you give it on that and if you need even more they have simulated nfl nba and ufc simulations all day every day live on their website so looking for something else other than sports you can also do casino games they've got hundreds of those poker tournaments prop bets to check out i would highly recommend doing that and not going to uh to casinos in vegas where you can get the rota uh so visit bet on Online.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Um, we, Sam, we, you know, I kind of never know, you know how many listeners we have. I don't look at the numbers. but when Billions. You it, Billions. Millions. When you throw out a tweet. Billions. Bajillions. When you look at, there are millions of us. Um, when you ask for questions and then I see, you know, a hundred notifications. I think to myself, yeah, we got some, we got some good listeners. This is, we have, we have a bunch of good questions and, um, makes me happy. I want, let me start with them. So, um, Oh boy. First off, friend of the show, uh, Vic asks if you, uh, grew a beard. Can you, can you let the listeners who don't get to see your face like me know what's going on with the facial hair? So Sam has seen the corn stash that I grew the first month of quarantine. It was, okay. yeah, it was pretty disturbing. Like, if I got arrested, Megan's law. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I should have gotten arrested the moment I walk out of the house. Uh, so that was bad. I could never grow a beard. I think Sam didn't know me way back then. I did grow out a beard. It was like straight pubes coming out of my chin. Not great. But now I've got long hair. So people saw it on Twitter. Now I've got the flowing long hair coming down, but with a fade. So it looks kind of weird. Right. But, you know, it's it's a top knot. The top knot's coming back, Sam. You've seen that before. Uh, anyway, next question. Um, <laughs> from also friend of the show, Grant Liffman. If you had to replace Andy with either Drew or myself, who would you choose and why? Andy, same question uh, in replacing Sam. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Grant. Um. Do I so do I want to replace you with Grant or Drew? I think I'm gonna go with Drew because I and I think Drew does more back end work, more homework. Basically, I want someone who will actually put the syllabus together, will put the outline together and record. Uh, no offense to Grant. He's, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, for all I know, Grant does all of that. I'm just assuming Drew does. So let, let me take you behind the scenes of what happens in the preparation of every week's Light Years uh, podcast. So we record maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday, maybe Monday. Never know until, you know, maybe a couple hours beforehand. I let Sam decide when we record. And then I you do let abs- me decide. And then I do absolutely nothing. You know, Monday night comes around, Sam sends a uh, uh, syllabus, if you will, like he said, of 10 topics and says, Andy, I just updated the doc. Go ahead and update it. I look at my phone. Maybe I respond. Then I, a couple hours later, I go, yeah, Sam, I added one thing. <laughs> we had about 11 links and topics today. I added one of them and that was enough. And that's how Light Years get started. And then I tell them, hey, I'll do the read. And it's about it. And then we take 30 minutes to figure out the tech. So uh, that's how Light Years gets done. <laughs> that's how the sausage gets made. Um, I would actually choose Grant. 
you know, when you were saying that, like it worked out. I knew you were going to choose the opposite of whoever I chose because ultimately they're both our guys. We got to show them both love. (laughs) Um, You know, I just feel like, um, I just feel like Grant would just bullshit about just, he would just be with me bullshitting about nothing for an hour. See, the thing is, I don't know if it would be a good show. Like, I don't know if people would like it. I think I would like it. I don't know if people would like listening to it, you know. So it would just be fun talking to Grant. I just don't know. We're doing that. We're doing the crossover episode in a in a bar in the marina, um, <laughs> whenever we're allowed to go in bars, you know. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's open. By the way, Drew. Actually, I don't know if you want to pick Drew because his fucking he's talk about tech. Talk about not understanding how it works. That guy might take a few hours just to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Drew knows what he's doing. I think he just plays it plays it off he's our he's already got the uh he's already figured out like the quintessential dad vibe uh of like pretending you don't know anything to get out of things set the expectations low all right what's next oh do we have a pearl jam question from socal j uh friend of the show do you prefer nirvana or pearl jam Uh, first off i can't hear pearl jam without thinking of bill simmons correct correct and it's it's funny um but i'm gonna go with pearl jam do you uh, listen to both bands let me ask you that first before you go into it before you i know it. both bands well enough i think pearl jam has more staying power for me um or maybe i just listen to bill simmons i don't know <laughs> um, hard to say. Hard to say. <laughs> i don't have i don't know either neither, neither mean, of them are in my uh regular rotation that's all i'm gonna right? say Okay, so did your dad listen to '80s music, like American, like not, not really, music? not really? Yeah. So my dad did. Um, he came to America in the '80s, and when he was in the military, that's all he listened to. The funny thing is, though, he didn't listen to Pro Jam or Nirvana. Maybe that's '70s. I don't know. But what 90s. I grew up listening on—that's '90s. What I grew up listening on was uh, by the time I was born, which was the '90s. So my favorite was essentially the Cars. Okay. Uh, yeah, the cars. Nice. Uh, elite. Love the cars. Uh, Billy Idol. Uh, okay. Right up there. A uh, little bit of Pink Floyd. Um, Pink Floyd's great. I have uncles who love Pink Floyd. <laughs> Pink Floyd's a good one. It's Comfortably Numb is like one of my favorite all-time songs. Uh, but I would say like those those would probably be the uh, probably be the top one. Not um, to not to disclose up on my pops. My pops is more of a um, a mixture of. Uh, he he loves the old school Frank Sinatra. Oh, just wow. just just smoking a stove, listening to yep. Sinatra, yep. and um, wow. the the parents in general love kind of the late seventies, early eighties Michael Jackson party vibe type of music. So that's yeah. that's more in line with when they were you know in our age range though. So wow. that's part oh, of Frank, it. But. Frank Sinatra. Wow classy see my parent my dad not classy that's that's how i grew that's how i become who i am so it works out perfectly but i'll go with the cars they're my favorite um all right what we got what we got next i got this one from franny wagon uh chris francis since baseball may not play this season which current mlb players would you draft to which nba teams so i'm gonna i'm gonna simplify this which mlb players do you think are the best hoopers You want to go first? Um, the obvious answer is probably uh, like Aaron Judge. He's six eight. <laughs> He's huge. I I'm just assuming he knows how to at least just back someone down with his size. 
How about like a profile of a player? I think a profile of a player would be um, because you like Aaron Judge. It's like I don't know if, how well he can move, right? So it's like to me, it's like I would want to pick the shortstop or the center fielder that's like athletic, like, quick guard, quick guard vibes. You're yep. like, all right, I don't know. He might not make a lot of shots. He might be inefficient, but he's at least got the athleticism to to disrupt some things. Like I'm looking up Mookie Betts right now. The only problem with Mookie Betts is he's 5'9". So ooh, I don't know. That's How about your guy, Loriano? Let me look up how, how tall he is. Loriano's listed 5'11". He's 5'11". like 5'8". <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. But, he's, but, he's like 5'9", 5'10". But hand-eye, like hand-eye, I think of like a shortstop. I think of like the, the best shortstop in the leagues. Like I think those guys will make Or third base. All the, th- all the best yeah infielders are third baseman now so and then is it racist that, is it racist if i don't want to pick the white guy you know like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't. he taking Altuve, Chapman? Altuve taking uh night you know picking guys up like beverly 90 92 feet <laughs> yeah well maybe i'd go with like uh, vladimir guerrero uh or fernando tatis you know well, maybe tatis a good guys. call vladito is uh um <laughs> he's gotta lose a little weight vladito Vladito, I think you texted that the other day. I was like, uh, you Mike never Trout, heard how about Mike Trout? Yeah, no. Trout's no, an athlete. Maybe. Trout's an athlete. I don't know if he can hoop. I know he can golf. Um, really? I know he can hit things far. I know there was a video that went viral of him uh, at Top Golf just driving at like 400 yards. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, well, and then I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, if someone can just launch home runs, they should be able to figure out how to launch a golf ball pretty quickly. <laughs> That, that 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 makes sense. Thirty three million that he makes a year, so he's only twenty eight. He's six two, um, so he's same age as me. Actually, his birthday is almost the same as me. Eight time All Star, three times. So he's he's the best player. He's all of Famer, best player in the league by far. I, I would win. actually feel better about him playing like football, like maybe playing a linebacker, Ooh. tight end, something like that. Ooh. Yeah. Um, let's see what other baseball players. Um, you're not not a fan. You don't think Brandon Craw- Crawford would make a good uh? Okay, good what, what, what year are we in? <laughs> I don't think any year it matters <laughs> with Brandon Crawford. I guess he was never that good. Uh, At least he was an athletic, like plus defender for a while. But um, yeah. All right, we're gonna move this forward one more from our from our guy Kev. Uh, growing up, who was the one smarter immigrant kid your parents would constantly compare you to? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, by the way, he asked a question earlier about MCAT or LSAT. I went MCAT. Do you agree with that? No. You're 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 more. You think an LSAT is more? Oh, th- you think I agree with the degree that's about arguing? Come on. <laughs> no, he's asking which one is more pl- or which one is better. Which one is better to? to- that's my point. <laughs> one sets you up for law school. One sets you up for medical school. Well, I guess you can't lose either way. I I, no. I think for, for me, it's just law school is a lot of work and there's just not a lot of money coming out of it. Um, or or medical well. school is not a lot of work. And, and Both are a lot of work, but I think there's more money in medical school, medical school though I guess it's Deb- debatable what school you're going to. But I think here's, here's or what, how far it, you get along in the degree. That's yeah, the that's right. Med school is tough. But here's the thing. I think that if you get into more debt medical school, that's you sure. can go into any medical school and become a doctor and make a fair amount of money. You cannot go to a top 100 law school and think you can come out and get like a 200, 300K corporate lawyer degree job. So I think that's what I'm going to private practice either way and be fine though, eventually. 
I am not doing either one. <laughs> right. um, um, okay, so my question, uh, the question, immigrant kid. Um, my parents weren't so much, they didn't really do the comparison thing, but you can usually tell when they're super nice. So my buddy who actually went to medical school in New York, who's now a doctor, my mom. Uh, that's that's the way my parents did it too, where yep. they, they, you know, because they, they didn't want to make you him. feel bad, but they, they let you know that that was your, the favorite of their, your friends. By far. By far, they would like know. They would like be like, "Oh, like what are you doing? How's school? How's this?" I'm like, "Mom, what the fuck? You've never talked to me like that before in your <laughs> life." Um, but I, I love him. He's like my best friend. Um, but it's always funny because he, uh, uh, he, I mean, classic Asian dude. He knew he wanted to be a doctor when he was in middle school. You know that that type of guy. I envy people like that. That's that's just right. awesome. If you have that kind of, if you know, and then you have to drive to to finish through it. So shout out to everyone who does that. Also, <laughs> shout out to all healthcare workers with the pandemic and everything. Um, our guy, Sheed, right. still printing out masks, donating them. I just got a mask. They're great. Um, and, you know, it's not going away anytime soon. I, I feel like everyone forgot the pandemic existed for about a couple of weeks there. It is, uh, it is not very hard to wear a mask. Sam wears a mask. I wear a mask. It's not, it's dude, it's not hard. I get, I get annoyed because I overheat, but whatever. It's a small price. Sam, um, is a mouth, Sam is a mouth breather. <laughs> All right, uh, next one. Or do you have a story? I was just going to go um, cousins. I have specific cousins who, uh, you know, my parents didn't do anything, but it was just, you know, you could, you could tell the pressure from, from the cousin was coming on because they're, they're, they're getting their, their doctorates at, uh, you know, high-end schools and that sort of thing. And it's like, okay, well, I need to pull my act together. I know what you did, though. I know how you combated it. You basically just said, hey, I'm taller and better looking. I know that's what you did. <laughs> I just know that's what you did. <laughs> uh, my no, cousins did pretty well, too. My cousins did pretty well, too. So very similar. Very similar right, story. We got, the only we thing. Got more, <laughs> we got more I'm questions. Six, we got that's more questions from the Discord chat. Uh, from Mike Mikas. I sent this forever, and you guys missed it. But what player from the Dubs Dynasty run would have been best to replace KG and uncut gems? First oh, off, I want to see- start. Did you see uncut gems? Yes, 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 yes. When did you, you see it? To. I actually did a you know- podcast with um, Kyle Banduho, who's on the Blue Wire Network. It's a sports mm-hmm. movie podcast. We just did it on uncut gems. It'll be out in like a week, I think. Ooh. So you get all um, my thoughts on that movie there. I saw it on vacation. Remember when I was in Japan in February? I was, right. uh, I was. They, it was out on Netflix in Asia. So I was just chilling at night before I went to sleep, and I watched it. And it ended up. It was. It's a good movie. It's excellent. It's yeah. good. Draymond uh, Green. Come on. Jalen Green's not a warrior. Draymond. Draymond. Green. Draymond, Draymond Green. Green is a warrior, though. Jalen Green may be a warrior next. He may be. But uh, yes, I. I don't even. Like, I'm trying to think of first off, Steph's a no. I can't no. even imagine Steph doing it. No, no, no charisma, no, no personality. Steph, Steph it, like no. pretending he's entranced with this gem. Like, no, it's not working. Uh, Clay's an interesting one, but Clay would be too, Clay would be too goofy because you'd, he just kind of, um, Clay looking at this like gem, you'd just kind of think it's funny. You'd laugh. You wouldn't think it's, uh, um, you wouldn't find it believable. Draymond, Draymond is basically mini KG yep. in many ways. Um, passion on the court, passion off the court, just overall vibe. Um, I could see Draymond doing it. I could see Draymond 
befriending a random jeweler and like kind of like being friendly with him in that way. And I could see Draymond being inspired by a random object and just having absurd games, you know? Maybe maybe it wouldn't be all post-ups. It'd be more like, oh, Draymond's in the zone defensively, but the concept's the same. I was going to say, the videos where they show KG knocking down fadeaway jumpers, what are we showing for Draymond? Just locking up people up, you know, just blocks. Just 14 steals. <laughs> um, who I think might be a dark horse good one is probably Andre Godala. Um, yeah. He's not <laughs> he's, on the Warriors. Because he's underrated hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he he would probably he, he maybe he would make a little bit more like a philosophical, maybe a little bit like a little right, bit right. Demeanor is a little different, but he he could do it. He, what about what about Bogut? <laughs> no, I don't know if it would work in the part you know for the move. Also, what what would we be showing if Bogut's playing well? That's the thing. Like truly, like what shop are, great just a lot like eight blocks. I mean, he's had some like passes. five block games, so. <laughs> All right, we'll move it to the next question from Amber. Uh, we need a discussion on when Giannis gets traded here. What neighborhood will he live in in San Francisco? And what bar, clubs, restaurants will he be a regular at? Uh... <laughs> All right, let's start with neighborhood. What's Giannis's neighborhood of choice in San Francisco? Uh, I think he lives with Steph, you know, wherever Steph. No, um, I think so. Yana, <laughs> what was this? Giannis Steph a, brothers. Yeah, they're like it's like it's like LeBron and uh, AD uh, kind of thing. Or is Giannis um, even in the city? Is Giannis a suburb guy? Is Giannis in in San Mateo? Because he has a kid, um, and and he has not a, a girlfriend. But yeah, I think he's he's not going to be like KD, right? He's not going to be like like a city guy. I'm not really going to be like Steph or sorry Clay, although Clay doesn't live in the city. Uh, but he might have a trap house in the city. Uh, so I think Giannis is probably going to be along the lines of, can you see the Marin? I don't know. Semite- Burlingame? I think, Pearl, I think most of the guys are um, Peninsula over Marin. Peninsula. Over, like, Yeah, I mean, well, let's just, let's just be real. Where's Chase Center? What's the comfortable? Like, you can find a nice town in every area of the Bay Area. Which one's got the most comfortable commute for you, right? Yeah, that's true. Like, here's what I think happens. Here's what I think happens. I think Giannis, you know, he signs a long-term contract. Obviously, he's here for five years. So he lives, he wants to live in the city. So he lives in the Millennium Tower, right? He wants to live in the nice Soma. part of the city. Little Soma for a minute. Yep. He's going to enjoy that with his kid for a year or two. Then he's going to do like what all SF people do is they're just going to move away a little bit to Walnut Creek and, you know, maybe to Menlo. Menlo. So I was gonna say like the others. Lakeham's Lakeham's gonna make him a neighbor. He's like, I'm not letting this one get away. <laughs> no, Lakeham's coming through every day to have dinner with Giannis. It's just very just awkward. Bringing, just bringing gift baskets. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. So Giannis and Steph do seem pretty similar in that fashion, though. They just they seem kind of maybe kind of boring off the court. Just not much. All right, where's your regular? There. The obvious choice is Kokari. <laughs> you think he likes souvle souvla is it called souvla have you had souvla that? Is solid souvla is solid um but it's it's more your uh you know you take out option uh, uh Medit- greek mediterranean by the way you mentioned san mateo and berlin game really good ones out there there are some just, really, there's good really restaurants good. all over the bay area there's no way around that but yeah that is why um, honest you should come could you see Giannis in the marina could you see Giannis hitting up Chestnut Street? I can see Is Giannis, Giannis going to Tipsy Pig with Grant. I yeah. I don't think 
I don't think Giannis makes it a habit to go out anywhere, but I think if he were to go to a club, it'd probably be I could I could see being like the grand. He is a he is a fob. Like the grand. Yeah. Like yeah. I, <laughs> like the grand. I can see it being like not arena. Definitely not arena. Like I've seen some guys at Temple, you know, maybe This is downstairs. why people listen to Light Years. <laughs> maybe oh, downstairs, downstairs at the Grand. <laughs> <laughs> I meant downstairs it's at been Temple, like, but Oh, oh, God, it's been a while since I've done either, but I assume it's not changed. Sam's like underground, under the Grand, you know, you got they go to like <laughs> 6 a.m. You could do some of those. I doubt actually Gian, Giannis might like Euro style EDM. He he would do underground kind of just uh him and him and uh, Clay. Although you're trading Clay, so it's just gonna be Giannis and who else is it gonna be? Oh man, it's gonna be Giannis and Jordan Poole. It's gonna be Giannis and Jordan Poole partying in the city, uh, come 2022. So there you go. Yeah, we need we need Jordan Poole shot to come around. Um, <laughs> all right, next one from Looney Stan account, loyal listener, great guy. Um, which potential free agent trade draft pick? Are at the top of each front office coaching staff person's wish list, besides Giannis and stars, etc. So I think what he's asking is like Steve Kerr. Who does Steve Kerr want more than anyone? Yeah, we talked about that one, Marcus All. Yeah, Kerr's Marcus All. How about Bob Myers? Ooh, the pause. Wow. Um, hmm. I feel like he's aligned on this one. I feel like Bob's more of a, I want to get the right vets in here kind of guy than like undercover, uncovering these random hidden gems type of GM. I, I, I don't know if Bob Myers has someone he wants, right? I feel like he's more kind of offloading that and his job is to figure out how to get guys, right? Like, I think it's more of like, if Ben Simmons says, if Steve Kerr says, hey, Ben Simmons says he wants to come here, let's get him. I think it's Bob Myers' jobs to figure out how. I don't know if he is really deciding whether he wants him or not in terms of his power in the front office. I don't think he's coming out there and saying, we need to get Robert Covington in that opinion mattering. Uh, so, you know, I, I just I don't know how much that, that matters. But- I, th- I do think Bob's a little more um, and like Steve's a little more uh, ideological because he's the coach. Coaches are very like into their system and like thinking pure ideology GM's more like, I'm just going to throw as much talent as you as I can. And you figure it out. He Bob Myers is busy trying to tell Joe Lacob, listen, it is not realistic that we get Giannis this off season. And Joe right. Lacob is yelling, <laughs> is yelling. I'm like, you know, what do I pay happen. you for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I pay you 20 million a year. It gets shit done, which is you know, like, kind of true. But, uh, but Lakeup, who do you think like, that's an interesting one? Like who outside of Giannis, obviously, but Lakeup is it just you know he wanted Dwight Howard, he wanted like pretty much any star, right? Lakeup Lakeup is just going down the list of biggest names, um, <laughs> not even just names, but just like right. biggest impact in general. So I would assume it would be someone like Gasol who would want. Um, actually, I think he'd want younger. To be honest, I think the biggest issue with Gasol is his age. That's it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I could if he if he's a one to two year solution, deal with it after that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think Lakeup is probably just going to be like he's probably maybe not even thinking about it. He's just like, well, you want Marcus All, he wants to sign it. This is the salary tax. Like this is how much we're going to have to pay in taxes. How like like he? I don't know. Like I think his thing is like Ben Simmons or bust, right? Or Giannis or bust. Like that's all right. he really cares. Or he's about. like, okay, if we can't get Giannis, can we get Embiid? 
Okay, if we get Embiid, can we get Ben Simmons? And just like moving down the list, right? Yeah, yeah. Can we get Cat? Can we get this? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about um, what about Ron Adams? Oh, uh, not D'Lo. Um, definitely not D'Lo. Um, he probably loves Bob Covington. Probably loves yeah. him. Like quintessential. Probably into. He's probably into a little uh, Jay Crowder too. Yeah. Yeah, he's, way, probably, he's probably into both Gasol and uh, Ibaka. He'd be into both of them. You know what? You know who Steve Kerr probably really likes? Ricky Rubio. He can't shoot. Great passer. Defender. Oh, I disagree. I don't think Kerr likes Rubio at all. Really? I think because the ball sticks with Rubio. Rubio loves to dribble around the circles, and Kerr wants the opposite. Um, as long as he can get Stephen Clay to run around in circles, I think he's okay with Ricky Rubio passing them the ball after that. Uh, but I think we'll end with uh, we'll end that question with uh, I think Steve Kerr probably has the most power in terms of who gets to sign who uh, in the front office. Yeah. All right. Next question. Non NBA related question. What are your guys thoughts on the messy labor dispute between the MLB and the players association? What do you think this does for the A's and Giants short long term? I love this question. Um, we, we meant to get to this earlier, but we got sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of jarring when you follow the NBA to see like <laughs> a leak that's let's just say less respectful of the players association. <laughs> so I think um I kind of buy Trevor Bauer threw out a theory today. He says they're just stalling because they want a 50 game season and they can't say that yet because if they say, okay, we're ready to play. They'd have a 70 to 80 game season now. So they're just coming up with BS to, to make it 50 games. I don't even know what to think of a 50 game baseball season. And on the <laughs> one hand, it'd be really fun to watch. Cause it's like, it's just playoffs. You know, it's like, there's no, like, Oh, we had a bad series. It's like, Oh, you know, <laughs> each but, series is. Yeah. And, and by, by the way, a lot of this stems from, as I'm reading this, uh, Rosenthal, Ken Rosenthal has, has, he wrote like a fucking 10,000 word article today and I'm reading through it and I'm just like, and it's just pissing me off. And what's going on is essentially the owners are trying to pay less than what is the prorated amounts to the players, right? I right. Think like 20 or 30% less, which is They're like. They're trying to argue that the prorate only made sense if they had fans and without it, they need to take a, a bigger cut. Um, I don't know if I buy it. <laughs> all in all, it's uh, it's a lot of like the owners trying to be cheap and the players holding firm and not. Ex- it, it, it's classic negotiations, and I don't know much about labor negotiations. Maybe right. it's classic labor negotiations, but I think end of the day, a lot, lots, a lot of it to me is like both fans of the NBA and the MLB are just sitting here. What are we like? What are we doing? Right. A lot of it's just like, what are we? Do you think, Sam, that? Any of your friends that don't follow this day by day really get what's going on. Actually, I, was with, oh, I saw some friends yesterday that I haven't seen in a while at a um, socially distanced barbecue. And everyone's just kind of like, so are they going to play? Or are they not? You know, there's a lot of like, <laughs> right. I'd like to watch it, but right. that's about 20 it. games, 50 games, 70 games, you know, 100, whatever, yeah, whatever. 12. <laughs> whatever uh, let me ask you this because I, I was listening to to our friend of the pods guy in uh in uh, uh, uh middle today john Middlecoff and guy haberman and they were arguing hey what would you rather have back the nba or the mlb now this is an nba podcast so maybe that question kind of answers itself. it's a little bias yeah but their argument is saying like with the nba it's kind of like 
it's so much of guys might not play. We kind of already know what the season is going to be. Um, and the season was kind of shitty, honestly. Right. And so with the, with the MLB, it's kind of like at least things are still fresh. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, to me, it's like to me. Well, the it, NBA, we're already down to. We know there's only five teams who are going to win the title. Probably less, but let's say five to six max. Yeah. You know, you get the LA teams. You got the Bucks. You got the Sixers, maybe the Celtics, maybe Denver. But that's even like a, you know, that's second tier. Baseball could be anyone at this point. Not the Giants, so, believe me. Not the Giants. I mean, the shortest uh, season gets maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, John Cueto has an amazing 50 games. They had, a, they had a hot run last season. So how about this? Let's end the podcast with this. What do you think if one league comes back, one out of the two, who's more likely to come back? NBA. Um, I think they need to complete their season. It's easier to scrap it if you don't start. So I think NBA is more likely, but I want to see them both come back um, in some capacity. Yeah, give us a uh, give us I wanna, something. Uh, I want to get I want to get a second point. How, what do you think this does to the A's and Giants short and long term? Oh, that's right. Um, I'm going to take the Giants. You can take the A's. Um, I, have, I have opinions on both, but go for it. <laughs> of course, hot takes all around. Um, the Giants, uh, bad for the Giants, really bad. Uh, I think both short and long term. Uh, for the Giants, a lot of the next few years is about development, and a lot of it's like you got to get these guys through the minor leagues. That's that's it's development. It's yeah, baseball. They can't, it takes they can't years. get the at bats to develop if there's no bats to be had. There's only so many virtual pitching machines that, right, that right. you know uh, Elliot Ramos can take. He needs those at bats to be an MLB player. Marco Luciano, who's a top thirty prospect, needs those at bat those at bats and. It, it screws them over short and long term. And the thing right. with the Giants is you don't even know if these coaches are good or not. With the A's, at least you know they're good. We right. don't know with the Giants. Well, that's that's the annoying part. The Giants redid everything, and it was kind of exciting to see mm-hmm. what it is. And maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe they tweak it, all those things. But at this point, it's just a waiting game. Um, it's a waste of a seat. It's a waste of a year almost. At least for them, they're still trying to get rid of contracts. So, like, every, you know, Brandon Belt, Brandon. Crawford are you know they're not going to be here in two years so it's just kind of running out the clock on guys who are you know of the last era so to say right with I think this hurts the A's a lot more because um one we know they're not going to keep their guys two it screws their ballpark which gives you any hope of keeping anyone but three it's like they were set up in a position to compete for the next two to three years minimum I mean they're set up in a position to compete for the next like eight years if they paid everyone but like Forget that. Um, they can't even they're, play their, pay their they're losing um, their best chance to kind of get something over. Like, I was excited to watch Lazardo this year more than anyone because he's dominant. He's really good. And, you know, it's just <laughs> – with the A's, it's it's always a short – it's a short window. So, like, even though it's frustrating, the Giants' timelines getting pushed back, like – They'll be fine. Farhan's good. He's going to keep finding guys. And they have money. We know they can at least afford to keep them. With the yeah, A's, it's so kind of like you've lost a year. That's that's a fair point. The long long term, the Giants are going to be okay, even if it's elongated a season. With the A's, you kind of had a shot. It's kind of like the Warriors. Like the where- A's will find new guys, but it's like they've kind of found a confluence of players who should have a shot. And who knows when the next confluence will find us. Right? Well, this is, this is the best A's team in how long? 
since the early O's, since the Giambi. That's it. So it's like, yeah, I mean, you I don't want to yeah. throw. You you just watch it with the Giants. You don't want to throw away windows. I mean, watch it with the Warriors. Can you imagine if we had this happening in 2016 or something like that? Like, you don't. If there's right. one thing sports have taught us, it's windows are short. Even with the Niners, you kind of thought they were going to compete for a while with Harbaugh, and then it just got snapped shut, right? You, you think that's going to last longer. Um, you don't want to give away those years where you're in contention. Actually, at this points to the Dodgers is the big loser because it's like their core is getting, like, uh, getting older. They bring Mookie Betts, and they're all in. And I mean, you, you look know. at it too. I mean, by the way, love to hear that. Um, but you kind of see, <laughs> you, you kind of see what's going on with the uh, with LeBron and 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 Kawhi hasn't said anything. But with LeBron, where it's like, you know, with Giannis, Kawhi feels the same way. By the way, I'm, I'm sure, he, sure he does. But like, you know, Giannis feels the same way. But he's also 25, and LeBron's 35 or 33, 34. Yeah, whatever he's he is, he's like. really he's like this might be my last. This might be my the best opportunity I get. From it here probably on. is. Like it may maybe yeah. not, but it probably is. You never like, know. Yeah. Yeah, with with LeBron, and it's like, I do you blame him for wanting to to hoop? I I don't. It's like you gotta, no. you got you got. If you can win a championship, you win a championship. There's no excuses for. Um, I think Steve Kerr said, "Oh no, who was it today?" He came out with a quote where it's like, "Look, if they win a championship, it, there's no asterisk. It's a championship." I think it was Steve Kerr that said that. Yeah. Um, and, and I agree with true. him because being on opposite side of it, it sucks. You know, history history will place you properly over time everyone like micro is like this championship means you know it's it's, it's corny win one just win one just you know (laughs) although although you know a pandemic title you know we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that when it does happen but like a pandemic title is a little bit different that is a little bit like i don't know like Kyrie's not well Kyrie's that team sucks but like what if dame doesn't actually dame that team sucks too all right well (laughs) 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 with that i think we are uh I think we're, we're out of here. Yeah. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.